Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. This episode is sponsored by Abstracta. That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> so what's Abstracta? Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Check out their website at abstracta.us. Buenas, buenas y bienvenidos al episodio 5 de the Everything Else. <laughs> Okay, this is a creativity <laughs> podcast, so I wanted to get your creativity <laughs> juices flowing. Welcome to episode five, and thank you for tuning in today. We hope that you're ready. We are. And the topic at hand is creativity. creativity. My name is Vera Babat. And I'm Mercedes Remedi. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's a, yeah. Everything's going to be off today. It's okay. creative. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative off. Yes, a little bit. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, so creativity, the soft skill that everyone is talking about, right? Apparently so. Apparently so. And very much connected to our previous episodes, right? Indeed. Let's do a little recap. In episodes one and two, we've talked about how we feel that we're short of time, how to make better use of our time, prioritizing what is more meaningful and relevant to us. And we commented on what we can do to focus, have more moments of flow, and mindfully do whatever it is that we do. Oof, hard. Okay, then in episode three and four, we focused on empathic communication and the many things it entails. We talked about our need and ability to connect to other people's feelings and to see things from different perspectives. And we discussed how opening up our minds and hearts to other worldviews fosters more tolerant third cultures where we can coexist in mutual respect. I like that. Basically, where people can feel more authentic and have more integrated selves. Oh. So we've gone through very powerful skills for a meaningful life. Life-changing skills, I'd say, because they make us richer more flexible and therefore stronger people. Healthier, basically, right? Yeah. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, these are right? hard skills, though. <laughs> Work in progress, as we always say. Yes, great that you said. Work in progress. All right, so recap over. Enter creativity. Let's, uh, let's start with some sort of definition, shall we? Want to give it a shot? You know, working IT, sometimes I do trade quoting the Greeks or oh, the classics. There's no, there's no Greeks today. No. I had a name for it. It was the, the Greek of the week. <laughs> well, right, I have I'll the geek it. of the week. Okay, okay, geek of the week for you. Because sometimes I do quote these technology titans. And in his 2005 Stanford commencement speech, Steve Jobs talks about connecting the dots. If you haven't seen this Watch it. It's an yeah. awesome speech. Yes. He refers to creativity as connecting those things that you've collected throughout your life, the things you've learned, experienced, academic knowledge, you go into formal education and in all the other moments in life when we're learning, which is basically all, all the time. All the time, yeah. And how for him, these combinations, the connection of, dot, of dots of how you see, it's how you see new things, new 
different things. Right. Arthur Kostler pointed this out um, rather beautifully several, several decades ago, right? Creative activity is a type of learning process where the teacher and the pupil are located in the same individual. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> We're going to talk about it today. This internal dialogue yeah. is ignited. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know what? Neuroscience supports all these ideas because these dots are not isolated items of information. Yeah. Nothing in the brain actually is. The brain is this intricate and complex network of connections. So these creative flashes make an entrance when these packs of ideas are combined with others. Mm. I, I like that you're talking about dots because when I was reading up on the science and the research behind creativity, which, by the way, is fascinating... <laughs> Like of everything course. we talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Chill, chill. All right. Um, I kept imagining when I was uh, reading up um, something like these dots, because when neuroscientists study the brain in creative processes, the words networks and connections keep coming up, right? Yep. In a Harvard University study by Roger Beatty, um, I think he, he's like one of the major researchers for creativity. I'm going to attempt a really simplified version from what I understood of the report that he wrote. Okay, right? Let's so. give it a shot. <laughs> um, he talked about the creative network to go with your metaphor, the creative connected dots, right? Belonging to three specific brain systems, right? There's the default, the salience and executive networks. Now, these three systems usually work independently, right? The default system is is your brain wandering, thinking remotely when you randomly, daydream. right? Randomly, exactly. Uh, imagining, right, or daydreaming. The executive control network activates when people need to focus or control their thought process. Well, Execute yes. things. <laughs> I feel like I that one drives me. The, for me, a good mnemonics is. Default is what happens when you're not doing anything yeah. and the executive is when you have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then um, the salience network is a set of regions that acts as a switching mechanism between the two networks, right? Because they don't really activate at the same time usually. But in creative thinking, and this is where it's interesting, the two systems are co-activated, right? The dots are connected and boom, creativity. <laughs> Boom, creativity. But this is like a good summary because we have our ideas and doing connected. Mm. And this is what we're going to be talking about mm. throughout the episode. Right. So this is the science behind many things that we will go through more in detail now. But this switching of networks or combination of networks is done most of the time unconsciously, right? Yeah. And this explains why creative ideas sometimes come as a flash to us. Yeah. Boom. Like Marisa like <laughs> says. It's like something dawns on you. If you don't actually do something about it many times, the idea then vanishes. Mm. So culture depicts this as a light bulb that turns on, yeah. right? But creative thinking is not just any thought or idea that pops up, right? Let's go back for a second to that definition that, yeah, that, that we said. Not really. Creativity is associated with something new and with something that adds value to others. Most experts agree that there are two elements that are important in that definition of creativity. Okay. First, and most importantly, it's the generation of something new, original or novel in some way. In mm -hmm. some way. In some way. And the second element is that these ideas have to be suited to a context in question or an objective. Yeah, purpose or, or yes. a question. In this connection that happens then is 
This is described as a flash because it's something that appears. And that aha moment is super important. Mm. Now, because we are integrated beings and our brains are working all the time, these aha moments sometimes happen at very weird moments, actually. Mm. Like in the shower. I don't know you. For me, it's mostly during times that involves getting distracted from something that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Like letting my mind wander and doing something mindfully. All right. And sitting down to think of an idea can be really, really frustrating. Yeah. Right? Like I, we, I had a lot of creativity workshops and, and okay, let's sit down and get this yeah, idea. It doesn't it's, work. It's really like... frustrating. There's a TED Talk by Elizabeth Gilbert on this topic. Oh, I love I it. You see, have you seen it? Yeah, I love it. And she talks a lot about inspiration inspiration and as anyone who's had to work on creative content knows it's not always there right sometimes you sit down physically willing to do the work but there is no genie mm. as she says and you know um to prepare for this episode i spoke to an old friend his name is alan grunewald and he's been a creative director in big ad agencies and creativity professor professor at Art University and that I picked his brain a little for yeah. this issue. <laughs> you sure and did. We talked a lot about this, about how sometimes life calls for immediate ideas or deadlines and you have to comply with them, right? And sit down and think of an idea. But real creativity takes time. It's not always activated on demand and a good idea sometimes sort of grows in your mind. It takes shape and it matures. Matures. I mm. like that word. So if you're jogging but while you are at it, a great idea comes to mind or it doesn't even have to be a great idea. Something comes to mind on how to solve a problem you were having at work. Mm. Don't just discard it. Now, I know it's not your working hours, but humor it. Embrace yeah. them. Our brains are not that compartmentalized, you know, nine yeah, to five yeah, like work related are. issues mm -hmm. and then non work related <laughs> issues. <laughs> That's not how not it now, works. Brain. Not now, brain. No. So that idea is like a spark. Sometimes at the beginning, it's like a gut feeling, something you see, an image, mm, a flash. Like yes. But you cannot even put it into words. And this is because your mind is not clear enough. I remember a professor of mine used to say, clear writing and clear speaking means clear thinking. Mm. Yeah, you're not clear about it, but that doesn't mean there's not a good idea behind Definitely. that. And this idea of the, the clear thinking and putting it into words is because, as we mentioned, language is deeply, deeply connected to how we think, right? Yep. So. When we put our ideas to paper, we choose the words. We need to take some time to clear those ideas out, to put them in order, to put them into words, into the correct words. So the image is associated to words then. And now more people can see and understand yeah, it them. It becomes like a vehicle. Right? Yeah. So, you know, thinking in NLP, as I was saying, it's described as this internal dialogue. Hmm. I, As I said, I love this idea because for this... You need to hear yourself think. You need, I need silence. Yeah. I remember mentioning in the first episode, Bill Gates' Think Week. Yeah. When I heard about Still this. Still trying to get there. <laughs> yes. My husband looked at me and said, oh, you'd love this. And I, I do because. So would you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to tell. I, I, I love this idea, right? Of, and, and this is sometimes not real silence that you need. Sometimes it's going for a walking nature. Uh, leave, letting your mind wander, uh, listening to music I love and making associations, random associations, doing chores and listening to a talk. This is basically chatting in my mind with these ideas, right? <laughs> other times it's reading books. You know, they, they are others who are there and you're dialoguing with them at your own pace. These others are your ideas. Your ideas and, and, and this, the, oh, the writers of these books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Now, the internal, the interesting thing of this internal dialogue, it's that it's at your own time. Unlike communication, when you're, you have to be aware of what the other person is doing, feeling, and the rhythm they propose. In this internal dialogue, it's, well, it goes slower if you need it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you need. And this to introverts might seem like everyday life things, and they're very much needed, but other people are deeply social, and they might overlook the need for these moments and go straight into brainstorming, for uh, example. Yes, I don't generally get good ideas in massive brainstorming sessions. It's okay as a starting point, but sometimes I feel it's a bit, a bit overwhelmed, you know, by the whole thing. Everybody saying out, out their ideas out loud. It's mm -hmm. like a bit too much to me. I, I need time in a more intimate group before I find the words to communicate my ideas and let them mature. Probably a one-on-one -on -one fits best for me. Yeah, I, I love brainstorming. I'm always fascinated by other people's ideas but and, and by the different connections that they make, right? That they're so different to mine. And that, that inspires me. And it encourages other connections in my brain. You know how they say that um, a healthy human brain does not want to always be creative, right? Yep. It's designed to figure out how to do things or how to think about things. And then it sort of locks that automatic response or behavior into a, a subconscious process so that your conscious brain can focus on other matters. Yeah, it's a matter of energy, yeah. right? Energy saving Ex mode. Yes. yes. And as we mentioned in episode four, This includes the biases, which are like mental shortcuts, right? And this is like autopilot mode. It's a path of least resistance. And I really feel that my brain is lazy like that. And I need to sort of jerk it out of autopilot with others. And then it goes like into full-on creative mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that you, you take it into the past, path of most resistance. But, it's, it, but I sometimes need that, that nudge from mm -hmm. others. Yeah. It is true. Sometimes, especially some topics more than others, they mm. require uh, supporting yourself in others. Yeah. Now, Daniel Kahneman, who is known as a hero of psychology, oh. he has this book called Think Fast and Think Slow. And he discusses the strengths and weaknesses of each of these. Mm. Thinking fast and thinking slow. Both of them have strengths. And he highlights the importance of them both. But it's a matter of balance, it's mm. a matter of timing, and it's a matter of leaving certain context for each of them. Yeah. And, you know, when you Google creativity, you can read a lot about divergent thinking, convergent thinking, right? Um, and these seem all to be differentiated moments of, of the same process, yeah. right? Go, it goes hand in hand with what we were just saying. Yeah. So... There is not a right or wrong way. Whatever works is good. So what happens once you get that initial idea? You need to find the words, as we said. We need to express these ideas to others close to you. You don't go to a client right away, right? Yeah. You go oh, first. I <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, the perfect idea. No, first you go to those people who you feel more comfortable talking to. Those who don't judge us, who don't criticize us. Mm. We should present these ideas first in our safe space because they will help us build this idea up for us. Many times the problem with creative ideas is that either they come in a flash and we don't do anything about them. That's the first main yeah, problem, and, right? And, and people think that this is the essential part, right? Like an idea, a great idea. And there's so much pressure on that too. But an idea, no matter how good it is, without production and follow-up, 
is nothing, right? Nothing. My guy Alan that I was telling you about, he had a wonderful metaphor for this, right? He said, creativity is a spark, but then you need some tinder, right? Because a spark with no wood does not light a fire. That is very graphical, mm. right? This idea, can you say it again? Creativity is a spark. Is this, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. Creativity is a spark, but without the Tinder, we don't do anything. Yeah. And other times, so we have the idea and we have to do something about them. About them. What do we do? We put them into words. And what do we do with them? You connect it to others. But these ideas come, we entertain them, and then we self-censor them. Hmm. Has this happened to you? Yes, it happens a lot. Yeah. This self-censorship, we do it a lot. Even saying, I'm not creative or I am creative, this is not good enough. Yeah. But this is not an either or thing. This is a spectrum. Some people are more creative than others and sometimes we are in more creative moments than in others. Uh-uh. So those who don't see themselves as creative might not even give the opportunity to share their idea out of fear of being laughed at, rejected, ridiculed, you know. Jesus, it's with everything, we always go back to the same thing, right? Like the basic human anxieties. I'm going to make like a poster for you so that you can hold it up every time we have a conversation. Fear Fear. of rejection. (laughs) Armor, as Brené Brown puts it, Mm. creativity is just so connected to our being. So connecting with your whole being wholeheartedly evidently plays such an important role here. Mm. Also in creativity, right? I insist here quoting Brené Brown because she depicts it beautifully and extremely clearly in her work and bucks it up with a lot of research if you need facts to take it in. So there there is a lot of data that confirms the importance of how we need to work on our self-esteem and allow ourselves to let ourselves be seen by others. To let ourselves be seen. Mm -hmm. Yes, to let ourselves be authentic and summon the courage it requires to show ourselves, to Mm -hmm. let ourselves be seen that way. This might come as a shocker to some, but many times we don't allow ourselves to be authentic, not because of rejection, but because we are convinced that the other people might not like it. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does and, happen. And we have to be kind to ourselves in this sense, right? Believing that we can do it and that we can come up with something cool too, right? right? Yeah. And maybe we're also sometimes a little, th- th- this happens to me, right? A little unwilling or scared to give up the control, you know, mm-hmm. to take away control from the executive part of my brain and handing control over to like the crazy spontaneous system <laughs> that is so unpredictable. Yeah. Well, like, it's oh, uncomfortable. Creativity is uncomfortable. <laughs> Comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, going back to what you mentioned, other times it's not that we self-censor, but that we share the, these ideas with people who don't encourage us and don't see value in our ideas. And some people are very strong-willed and out of conviction. They move on and seek encouragement somewhere else. But to others, this is it, right? And yep. some of these ideas will be discarded right there. Because the idea was not met by a second person who acted as the believer, right? The one that's going to make it happen. The one that validates our idea. Yes. Because we do care what other people think of us, right? Yeah. We all need someone who believes in us. Yeah. It's simple. I really want to insist on this because it's simple, but... Yeah, it seems obvious, but it's (laughs) not. But it's much needed to talk about it. Our self-esteem is not something we build alone. It's something that is built with others. Mm. So our reactions to others and to other people's ideas matter 
a lot. Yeah. This I see it as a great responsibility that we have towards others. And this is an awesome opportunity to be kind and become part of a positive and stimulating environment. Because a scornful silence or comment can mean the death of an idea sometimes for a very long time or even forever. Mm. But the right encouragement does the opposite, right? It do, and this doesn't have to be the right words. It can just be a smile, yeah, a warm and interested look. Yeah. And even bringing up things that can be changed, mindfully being there with the person, you mm. know, helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really so, listening. Yes. And we can make such a big difference in not crushing the other. And this is super important not to block the flow of creativity. Yeah. And in the creative process, we sometimes forget this, don't we? Yeah. Everyone knows what brainstorming is, but what they usually forget is that when you're in this creative role, you can't be censored. If you manage to get it out and express it, you need that safe space you were talking about, that non-judgment mindset. That That's key. And it's not silence. No. Because silence... Although you might do it out of respect, yeah. silence sometimes like dropping in yeah, and like nobody, yeah, nobody yeah, being yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Make it's, sure it's you're the listening. Encouraging thing that, that you were talking about, and then later you can see what what ideas were good or not. But you have to let the craziness happen and flow. And brainstorming, by the way, is not just a bunch of creatives in a room full of sofas smoking weed and putting things on post-its, right? Nah, that's <laughs> not. Brainstorming is what happens. Or artists. Yeah, yeah. Having a, like, yeah, yeah. throwing paint at a canvas. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> Brainstorming is what happens in our conversations, for example, when we prepare this podcast, right? It's bouncing ideas off somebody else to see what happens. Exactly. Bouncing off ideas. Mm. It's great. So choose these people carefully and get close to people who believe in you and love you, as Bernie Brown puts it. Not despite your imperfections and vulnerability, but because of your imperfection and vulnerability. She has some nice ideas, this Brene, right? Yeah, she does. <laughs> so I want to talk a little about creative types now that we said, like, the, I can't stop picturing the, the naked <laughs> artist throwing paint on the wall. Um <laughs> Because maybe our listeners are probably listening um, at the beginning of the podcast thinking, oh, that's me, I'm creative. Or, oh, yeah, that's me, I'm so not the creative type, right? And you mentioned today a spectrum or, or a continuum. And continuum. and I, I would like to talk a little bit more about this because people used to talk about creative people as having a more developed side of the brain, but it turns out that this is, is bullshit. <laughs> To put it technically. To put it technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not necessarily because of that. Although this theory has been widely spread since post-war times. Mm -hmm. Now, let's have a little recap. Before MRIs existed, much of what we knew about the brain came from people who were injured. Oh, yeah. And war times gave various examples of people who were shot in the head and made it. Yeah. So these findings many people interpreted as a still thing. You know, yeah. those who were shot in the left side of their head were like this. Yeah. But it's not like this or that. Once more, it wasn't a black or white thing. Even back then, it was a more grayish thing. Yeah. And even the earliest researchers who explored the brain lateralization in relation to creativity emphasized the importance of both hemispheres. Mm. Indeed, This is what was held to be unique about creativity compared to other highly lateralized psychological functions like our motor cortex or others. Yeah. Now, which again, 
through, though they are lateralized, it has been seen now that they can be compensated, especially in young patients, because, mm. you know, the younger we are, the more neuroplasticity our brains present. Yeah. And this is what we spoke about today, right? The fact that creativity calls for uh, this co-activation of systems in your brain. So for more than 20 years, research in neuroscience has demonstrated with, with images. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of how different areas are activated and still many people talk about it as if there were two types of people and this doesn't just happen with creativity no. right we do this with so many other things like introverts extra extroverts like you're one or the other and then you condition your life to this thing that you told yourself you were right like we said in the first episode this um the story that you tell yourself what gets well, us into trouble yes is not what we don't know it's what we know for sure that yes. just ain't so yes so what is up with that with our need to pigeonhole everything Thing. I don't know. <laughs> we we need these labels. It's like, and these labels are our limits. Now, introverts, extroverts, divergent thinking, convergent thinking, yeah, like those who been. think laterally, those who think outside the box. I don't know. Let them be. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I don't know. Labeling everything as if there weren't millions of options in the middle, like this spectrum. The gray thing, it's like seen, can be seen as a positive thing, yes, you know? Yes, yes. And most importantly, and I think this is the key, is what you mentioned before. It's not a still rigid thing, right? We can change those networks in our brains and make new connections and exercise them correctly. This neuroplasticity you were talking yes. about. And we ex we. Can exercise it. Yeah. Neuroplasticity is key. Our brains are reshaped, rewired. Mm. And through this plasticity, though it decreases with age, it can still happen. Mm. Right? So it's true. Our educational systems stimulate, if anything, our logical thinking way much more than our creativity. Like mm. Ken Robinson used to say, schools kill creativity. Yeah, but creativity sometimes is regarded as an innate thing, like something supernatural, like some fairy dust that some geniuses <laughs> have. <laughs> exactly, and this is not true. And because we used to think of creative people as those with developed right hemispheres or with this spark, yeah. or this gift, fairy we stopped promoting <laughs> fairy dust. We stopped promoting it in other people. And... We did this with kids and we did this with adults. And this was such a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. Like people in the IT world, I hear it so many times, the phrase, oh, I'm an engineer, I'm very structured, as a synonym of not creative. Yeah, and no. what, what are they talking about? A yeah. An engineer, not creative? Are you kidding me? Engineering is about creativity, for God's sake. The word engineer... In Latin, it was ingeniator. It's derived from the Latin words ingeniare, to create, to generate, to contrive, yeah. to devise. An ingenium, cleverness. It's like the epitome of, <laughs> of so, creativity. We, we see clever as someone who's just good with numbers. No, cleverness has to do with finding better ways to adapt. Mm. And that has a lot to do with creativity and innovation. Yeah, yeah. and anybody can be creative. Any person, any area of work can have a creative side. It's not just the arts. It's the finance department, logistics, testing, coding, negotiating, selling, whatever. And the list yeah. goes on. Teaching, medicine, yeah. science, psychology. I cannot think of an area that doesn't benefit from creativity, can you? No, it, but, but you tend to think that there are some areas where that wouldn't come into play, yeah. right? But the thing here is, it, creativity is not is 
not going just through the motions, right? Thinking about improvements in a reporting system, finding ways to motivate your kids at home, solving a logistic problem, right? At Inc., for example, I, there, there are times when we have teaching teacher logistic problems. It's like, no, it's, it's impossible to solve. But when we think with our whole brain and devote our full creative power to a situation, we can see possibilities where before we only saw limitations. And we just have to nudge those networks a bit, change things up so that our brains leave that path of least resistance and start connecting new things, putting ideas to use in unexpected ways, using contrasting combinations and of thoughts and fostering new ones. This, this part that you were saying, using contrasting combinations of thoughts to foster new ones. Sometimes we feel that this disagreement, this discussion... Mm is not useful, it's not fruitful because we are not agreeing, but yeah. actually it's what yeah, generates yeah. new ones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the third culture. <laughs> exactly. It's a dialogue. Yes. Creativity needs stimulation. It needs past experiences. Past, past experiences are any sort of input. Our memory, remember, is fed from the minute we are born, if not before. Yeah. <laughs> Our experiences, we learn doing We don't just learn listening to other people telling us about things. Actually, we could even say we don't learn from that. We learn and we remember things when we react emotionally to them. Hmm. Our feelings are like the glue that sticks these memories to our brain, mm -hmm. right? If you have, if you want more insight into this, go to Pixar's movie Inside Out. It's brilliant <laughs> to understand What's how. What happened to you? You have like no Greek of the week, and you're <laughs> quoting Pixar. You're yeah, quoting it's Inside creativity. Out. <laughs> so experiences in this case, right, they shape us and no two people have the exact same experiences. But besides how different our experiences are, our interpretations, as you said, what we think of these experiences will also be different. And the connections we make in our brains of those experiences will also be different. Worldviews again. <laughs> yeah. And we're going back. Diversity, as we encouraged and we discussed the other day, is key. Having different perspectives and hearing them equally because both are part of the process. So self-esteem, openness, stimulation, diversity, communication and time. Time, because we have to give ourselves time to explore beyond the obvious. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're wondering, so... How the hell do I stimulate my creativity? How do I think outside the box when I'm How? Like... How? Okay, I get it. Why? But how? <laughs> I'm locked inside this Tupperware. Help me think outside the box. Well, we're going to talk about that in the bonus track, where my pal Alan is going to help us out with some tips. But we think it's essential not to understand and be aware of the underlying issues before we give you the tips, right? Because there are no quick fixes. It's not like, oh, do this and that. Now, we have to understand what's behind all of this. Um, all right, okay, as always, a lot of information. Can we answer our two questions before we let people go off to their lives again? Why is it important for people to think and explore their creativity? Creativity is relevant. It has always been. It's life-changing because it helps us see things from a new perspective. Mm -hmm. And we have de to dedicate time to it, as we said, because the world is changing so rapidly that what worked 50 years ago might not work like that anymore. Actually, the pace of change is accelerating so much and not only at work. Everything Everywhere, is changing yeah. so fast in yeah. some... And in some areas, what worked 10 years ago might not work anymore. Mm -hmm. So... Today, 
If I hadn't convinced, if you hadn't been convinced before, creativity is the number one skill looked for in positions across the board at all levels. Yeah. It's the one major thing that differentiates us from computers. Um, for now, madam, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because we were talking about this before. Um, there are already some some websites where you can go in and put some brief information about story plots, and AI writes a story for you. What? And yes, and I've. Uh, I've heard some writers reviewing these pages and they've used it and said, okay, the, the plot plot wise, there was not that much creativity, but they AI actually gave a lot of good suggestions. And the, and so uh, some writers have experimented writing together with it's joining the, yeah, the conversation. Yeah, it's starting to brainstorm. <laughs> and they don't have these blocks we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you know? so gonna, scary shit, right? We're going to yeah. have to get our shit together there because it, they're going to get us. Um, why is it important for companies to foster creativity? So for the same reasons, it offers new solutions. It creates new paths, new possibilities, new points of view, innovations. Mm. Creativity is not just about producing or just about thinking. It's about bridging the gap between ideas and doing. The problems we face and possible solutions, you know? Yeah. It's about saying the same thing, maybe in different ways, and that will help the message get to different people. So, but fostering creativity, and we'll see in the bonus track how to do this, but we need to focus on it and generate the necessary changes for this creative mindset to happen. Good. This and this essential. in the workplace yeah, yeah, yeah. This might, mean, might mean lots of tweaks. Yes. In yes. culture, mostly. Yeah. So at home, at my house, yeah. in our study, we actually have this poster with this quote to remind ourselves of it. It's like a Pinterest version of what Einstein said. I, I think I broke you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a pop, uh, a pop art look poster with Einstein's famous tongue picture instead of Marilyn Monroe's face, right? Okay. And it says something that it's, I don't know if he said it, but I like it. It says, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Because science, if you think about it, science without creativity, oh, right, there's nothing. nothing. You would but never have like new it's ideas. It's unbelievable how many times when you think about creativity, you go directly to art yeah. and seeing them as opposites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. All right, well, that pretty much covers it, or not at all, because we talk, could talk about this for hours, but we don't want your brains to explode. So we'll start rounding this up. Um, we're going to give you some homework, because we talked a lot about self-esteem and taking time to think. And so today's homework, um, suggested by Alan, is titled... I am the bestest. The bestest. I love it. <laughs> I want you to dedicate some thought to providing valid reasons as to why you are an interesting person. Why would somebody hire you or ask you on a date, right? Sell yourself without false promises, but think creatively. Take some time uh, during your shower, while you do the dishes or stretch, to go beyond the obvious. Connect and, the dots. Yeah, connect the dots and think about this, right? And obviously, we want to hear what those ideas were. So, your ears and our voices will meet again next week, where along with our special guest, Alan, we'll be providing you specific tools to boost your creativity individually and in the workplace. So, stay tuned. Hasta luego. Ciao. <laughs> Me encantó, and you took me so much by surprise. <laughs>
If you liked what you heard, please share it and follow so that more people find us. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from.